Mindset Mashup Podcast, here we are. And we've got a little bit of a different one today, actually. We're going to make this one a little bit funny. Uh, we're doing another interview for someone across the pond. Um, comedian, this guy has been on all the comedy channels. He's been Comedy Central. And one of the jokes I heard online was the funniest joke I saw on Instagram. 1,000% that day, if not... The funniest one I've ever seen in my life. I just want to welcome the one and only Plug Chapman. What's going on, bro? What's up, man? Greetings from over here across the pond, man. Okay. What's up? Um, look, thanks for coming, man. And just to give you some context, the people that follow this podcast are young entrepreneurs. We made top 200 in the UK. And today we're going to find out about the hustle of comedy. But before, we, right. get, before we get into that, Plug, tell me why comedy? Man, uh, no drug test for one in comedy, which is a good <laughs> thing. Drug use is actually promoted. Um, but two, man, I just was one of those people. I'm heavily opinionated, right? And so if you hire me at your job, I'm going to find what's wrong. And I'm going to rally the troops. Not necessarily in a bad way to like rev against the machine, but more so like, hey, did y'all know this was going on? So we can all kind of, you know, individually start stabbing. (laughs) And, you know, having, I got a college degree, man, and used to get in a little trouble and stuff. And when I was younger and things that just knickknacks on my record that kept me from getting like, those jobs I wanted in my field, which was law enforcement, ironically. Was it really? Um, yeah, man, I wanted to be a homicide detective. That's why I always catch my girlfriends cheating because I think like a detective. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, and um, bro, I always wanted to do stand-up. I was blessed to have a scholarship out of high school to go to college, so that was free. Other than that, bro, I was ready to hit the stage and man, life had just, I was 30 and at the point I'm just looking at my life. I had a kid and I'm like, I'm not about to get no job making no money worth a damn. So these little $12 hour gigs, bro, if I can't hustle up $500 a week on my own merit, I should just walk into traffic. And that was the, that was the mentality I took. That's an interesting perspective. How long? So you went into comedy in your thirties, 30 years old. How long did it take you to make that transition to go, I'm going to go out there and earn this myself? Oh, man, that's a good question. So it's funny now because I teach a comedy class here in Atlanta. And um, a lot of my students, they get out and they it's like a, not them per se, but they have like these newer comics have this entitlement. You hit them up and you're like, hey, come do my show. And they're like, well, how much is it pay? Pay! I'm paying <laughs> you a stage time. So I did... Seven years, man. It took seven years to really make an honest dollar in comedy. What was that like? Man, it I wanted to fin- I wanted to frame it. You know, they, most businesses frame their first hundred, but I needed it to pay some bills. So I couldn't frame a damn thing. I had to take some pictures <laughs> of it. So I got a photo of it somewhere. But uh, it was, it let me know it was motivating. It did two things. It was motivating to let me know if I made this, I could make more, but two. It also let me know that the hard work that I had put in had began to pay off. So, yeah. I think you said something interesting there. You said about that they, they, they thought, oh, like, oh, how much are you going to pay me? And you said about the entitlement. And it's crazy, isn't it? Because 
the hustles been diluted <laughs> like the hustles got like the this this like new entrepreneurs whether you're a comedian or a businessman it's like paycheck like you think you're gonna come grab a paycheck straight away just like that because yeah. ultimately the paycheck isn't the currency in that transaction it's the exposure to being on the stage doing your thing so that's a good question that's a good point that you just brought up so you said a word that comics hate any comic that watches this video when you say exposure they're gonna go oh <laughs> boy it's like hearing we hear that word it's like scraping nails across the chalkboard <laughs> with freddy cougar gloves on. <laughs> so it's everybody gets paid an exposure at first so a newer comic, man, you can't run from that. Any position you start, I don't care if it's in corporate America, you start at the bottom. So you are making money, but you're making, you know, what it is. You're making that entry level. It just so happens to be an entry level comedy. Your pay is beer. Your pay is mozzarella sticks. Your pay is stage time. So you have to keep that day job. You have to keep that side hustle. You have to do everything you can unless you become an internet sensation. <laughs> What was the, what, what was the, what's the hardest thing about that? Oh, about like going viral or becoming an internet sensation? No, no, no. What's the hardest part of doing that without knowing that you're going to get the outcome that you desire? Oh, I mean, it's a gamble. Like anything, love is a gamble. Life is a gamble. I mean, yeah. you do it. You have to come into it for the love. That's the only thing that's going to sustain you is the love. You're going to have bad nights. You have plenty of bad nights. And so if you don't have that love and that passion for it, you'll tap out very fast, real fast. Has that ever happened to you? Nah, nah, man. I just bombed last night. Truth be told, I did 20 minutes. It was painful. My girlfriend was sitting there like, oh, I was just <laughs> watching her face. <laughs> but she seen me win more than she seen me lose. So when you say that, are you talking about they just didn't find the jokes funny or are you talking about just a tough crowd or like what, what, what does that mean? You know, we, we talked to never blame the audience. It was partially me. My energy was just like black. The audience was black. So I gave it back to them, which is a bad thing to do as a performer. So, Hey, but it but must it, be I'm so human. easy. It must be so easy to do that though. Like to not fall into that sort of trap of not giving like, being that, like, oh, cause that's the hard, I find that's the hardest thing for me. That's what I'd imagine to be the hardest thing about comedy. Man, comedy is so many things that's taking place while you on this stage. That's an aspect of it. So it's, it's so many things that are going on in that moment that can cause a performance to A, either be top tier and go well or B, just go bad. You can have an argument at the table between the customer and the wait staff about a bill and now I've got everybody's attention. Tell, me, just... tell, tell, tell me both sides. So like what's what does like um what like the bad like what does a like bad performance like look like from a comedian, not from you personally, but like what does that entail of, do you think? Um from my experience is mostly like a lack of preparation from the comedic from the performance side. And so looking back on last night, I'm driving home because you always want to drive into a wall after a bad set. <laughs> so I'm driving home and I had to realize I'm like, hey, I didn't really do any of my A material. I'm like, I was kind of working out some stuff that I've only kind of staged about four or five times. So the artistic side in me is hard on myself because you want anything to say, just you get this arrogance as a comic, like I'm funny. Laugh at me. 
Yeah. And when you take that on stage, you'll you'll do bad. But is that I'm, equally as like is that equally as important to do? Like it still like go out there and trial stuff, even if you might not get the response you want. Is that still like part of the part of the process? Absolutely, absolutely. It, it's like um, it's kind of like boxing in a way. If you watch boxing, it's kind of like you got two artists in a sense, and they own they paint this they paint this picture. Some of them like the jab. That's the red color. Some of them like the uppercut. So like with a comic, it's the same thing in a set. It's like a roller coaster ride. Mm. You take them up and they laugh and then you drop back down and you, you kind of ride to the next hill. And so that's kind of like what a comedy set is. If you watch one, unless they've just pieced all the laughs together, it's a few lows. You know, you got to learn to embrace the silence. And so starting out in comedy, you perform for a lot of comedians that's the audience for your first six months to a year. You know, every now and then somebody brings a girlfriend or a boyfriend to an open mic. So it gets you used, you just building this muscle, you used to the silence. Cause comics, we don't laugh at nothing for one. You ever <laughs> tried to impress your coworkers that work with the presentation and they sitting there like, this, like, would you hurry up so I can go do my head? <laughs> that's kind of how it is. Yeah, so you, but... build, you build this Teflon. So when you get in front of, real audience and they not laughing you know how to stay in the pocket you know and so do you think do you think that's ahead. what do you think that's what puts most comedians taking action that what silence like do you think that silence of like all that pressure of like being a comedian to comedians do you think that's what puts people off go like actually going do you know what i want to get on stage um only comedians that are in it to impress other comics. Like you don't want to play to the back of the room. It's a saying in comedy. If I'm hosting or if I'm performing and let's say all the comics are backstage and I say a joke and the back of the room laughs, it's probably not going to get a laugh from the front of the room. <laughs> Why? Because we, our sense of humor is warped. So we like yeah. dark stuff. We'll yeah. laugh at great jokes and just, ah, we'll laugh at cringy stuff. And a lot of times if we say a joke and no one laughs, you might hear some comments <laughs> and laughing at you and not what you said. And so never, comics aren't gonna pay to see you. Comics are not gonna pay to come see me perform. If I come, not if, when I come over there to perform, ain't no comedians, come pay to see me they might try to come to see hey, who is this guy but that's not going to be who the bulk of my ticket sales come from so i can give a damn about if they've heard this joke 50 times and you've been here at 51 i'm working on it so, yeah it's so interesting you you get you're a human so you want to you want to be known as a comics comic you know you want to be that guy that comics inspired to write like or be like or whatever but at the same time, you just have to do you and your originality will probably, um, what's the word? It will probably satisfy that. I, I'd imagine, I'd imagine the hardest bit about becoming or being a comedian is finding your own style. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, do you think that's probably true to life? 
Absolutely. 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 Think about it, man. Some people figure it out in high school. Some people figure it out in college. Some people takes them in their 30s. They still be yeah. trying to figure out really who they are. So absolutely. I think that's really the blessing for me in starting comedy at 30. I had life experience. Yeah. I had been cheated on. I had been in out of relationships. I had a baby. I didn't got fired. I didn't quit jobs. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Having that experience, I can talk about more. I got more of a, a toolbox to pull from as opposed to going in the stand-up at 18. All I got is a bunch of penis jokes and dirty <laughs> houses and roaches and bad breath. That's your experience at 18. Yeah. Oh, parents suck, don't they? You know? So that's a blessing in it. So I think it was able, I was able to find my voice a lot faster. They say it takes 10 years. I, I could say probably about six in, I, I pretty much know. I knew, I always knew who I was as a person, but knowing like, okay, this is what people like from me. This is how they see me. So you, you, that took about six years. Yeah, man. It, yeah. Took, it, it takes a minute to get yeah, comfortable. It does. And it, and what comes with that is being able to make it through last night. Just knowing, yeah. like, hey, man, that just was a bad night. I've seen, I'm a big sports fan. Do you know how many games I saw Michael Jordan have a bad night in the 90s playing bad? Like, you know what I mean? So it happens. But, no, but it's, it's so true, though, Plug, because I think that's what makes successful people. Like, whether you're a comedian whether you're a business owner, whether you're someone that's striving towards your job or career, I think that's what makes people, you know, that, that like getting even on the bad times, just going through, because we all know it's easy. It's easy to be good when the sun's shining. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's how you handle the hard times. Yeah. Who are you then? What are yeah. you then? That's, that is the makeup of the person when they can get through the struggle times. But as a comedian, the reason why I think you're saying that from a, a like as a comedian is because you're on stage showing them that version of you. Like people can often hide behind closed doors if when things aren't going right. But as a comedian, you're in front of people <laughs> like doing that. So how does that change when like you're not getting the laughs or like how does that change your mind? Like what goes on? in a comedian's body when that happens well you got several ways that you can do it you can um own it you can own it <laughs> but that, just be like yeah yeah i even said something last night um a few minutes had went by and it was just and i was just like man i had a video go viral this week of stand-up and i'm like this is humbling <laughs> everybody just lost it i mean so you can handle it that way some people tear into the audience and start you know it really comes down and the same thing i tell my class is really how you handle conflict or situations as a person off stage it's probably going to translate off stage yeah sick that's wicked mm -hmm. So it so if you i'm a laid back person i can sit there and kind of analyze and then make a response so somebody say something crazy to me I can just, hmm. okay, boom. Yeah. Some people just, ah! So, you know. Yeah. The thing I think is funny with comedy, with my comedy, a lot of my comedy is personal, right? 
Like I, I got a joke where I talk about my dad used to take me with him to cheat on my mom and he would make sure that the women he cheated with had daughters. So we would just go try to tag team, you know what mm. I mean? <laughs> and when I talk about this, like people just like, and I'd be like, this is my life. <laughs> Why are y'all sensitive about what happened to me? But you have to realize that could be somebody else's situation. Yeah. That could be somebody else's situation currently. They're just not able to find the humor in it like I am. So, you know, what do does you that, do then? Does that put you off of creating jokes like that? No. Good. No. I'm gonna I, tell I, I really need those jokes. Man. Like, I, I really still need those jokes. Like, I need, yeah. like, sensitive jokes. Yeah. Even if it's maybe that somewhere in that is relatable to my life, but like even today, plug like I I I really rate comedians. Like I've had like a quite a stressful day today, and I just got off the just got off meeting. I was like, I've got a podcast with a comedian, and I really need it today. <laughs> like like I really need it today because I feel like it's such a blessing to have people that are intentionally funny in that they need planet. It. They need it too. They just don't want to admit it to you, or something you said resonated with them so so hard in a bad way just happened to be a bad way to where they want to tell you thank you but they haven't processed whatever that hurt from their life is and so it comes off cringy to them do do you think society forces people not to laugh at sensitive jokes as well because like what man I tell people sometimes I think I was meant to do comedy like in the Def Jam era, you know. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily like a harsh brash. I don't, not necessarily a vulgar comic. It's just some of the things that I'll say. Like I'm not, you know, afraid to. I talk about everybody: white people, black people, gay people, straight people. Do dumb stuff around me. Jokes will be made. I don't care who you are. You don't discriminate. <laughs> no, I talk about my mama, my daughter, everybody. You can get it. Don't do dumb stuff in the presence of a comedian if you do not want to be material. Simple. Yeah, I'm. I'm just waiting for your video to about me going viral about this podcast that you by taking the piss out of me. <laughs> That'll be the next viral. <laughs> nah, nah. If, if this one go viral, it's gonna be for the right reasons. Yeah, it's it's. So, who's your inspiration as a comedian? Um, my life. <laughs> but if we're talking about comedians mm. and I, I don't say everybody bro because i have a respect really? for everybody that does it man it's like you have different it's so many different styles of comedy and there's so many things that everybody brings to the game that's so unique to them it's a guy out in la named jeremy paul and i hope you watch this jeremy i might tag you in matter of fact when I first started, I used to see this dude at open mics, and I used to be like, yo, what in the hell is this dude talking about? Like, this is garbage. Oh, this is the worst. <laughs> Couple of months go by, I do a show with him, an actual show where there's actually a few people in the crowd, non-joke tellers. I saw this dude destroy. And it was at that moment, I was just like, oh, well, his sense of humor might not be my style of comedy but that doesn't mean he's not funny Mm. that just means he has to find the people that appreciate this type of humor that's how you build a fan base you will find the people that like the jokes you tell and you invite them to come see you 
And so that's what made me have an appreciation for, that's how I can say everybody that gets on stage. Now, do I have comics? I watch more than others, of course. But everybody that gets on stage, I got respect for, man, because they I, all bring something. And I, I, I agree. And I, I've rarely... I really watch comedy and not laugh to be fair, because I just think I enjoy, I enjoy laughing. I enjoy like listening to jokes. My girlfriend's the total opposite. She doesn't understand jokes. <laughs> like she, and she, and she doesn't understand jokes. Um, I, I, but I've got, I'm so inspired because it just takes bollocks. <laughs> like it just take, I'd imagine to get in front of people and try to say something, trying to make them laugh. Is a man, feeling like man. no, I couldn't even, I can't even imagine it. Man, this ain't even the hardest thing I've done. You want to know what's harder than doing stand up? Go on. Or referee some high school basketball. Go do that. Go do that for a couple seasons. And let's have the same conversation. I'm like, go referee basketball, go do some stand up. You're going to be like, bro, where is the stage? Let me get on stage. Do you bro. think, bit of a weird question, do you think more, do you think everyone could be a comedian? I think everybody wants to be, everybody can't be. Yeah. I think everybody, everybody wants to be the funny person. If you, it's three things you want to be known for rich, funny, and being good in bed. Those are the three things you want to be known for. <laughs> if you are known for those, your name will ring bells amongst the hills. <laughs> yeah. I ain't lying. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. I, I can't disagree. I can't disagree hey. with it, to be fair. And so that is what makes certain comedy rooms have certain levels of pressure. For example, like we got black rooms, we got mainstream rooms, where it's white people, it's everybody. But you got your black rooms, it might be like the hood rooms. So, you know, over in London, somewhere is the little hood area, they got a comedy night. You better come in there with, you better be funny. So in the black rooms, it's a different different muscle you got to work out do you change the jokes for those rooms um no sometimes i change the references nice that's interesting yeah i don't necessarily change the jokes now you got to be faster you gotta be a little quicker like that crack that joke you saw online that joke works that's gotta be quick now if i go do the joke in the mainstream room i might can take another 10 seconds, maybe paint the picture a little more if I want to. And they, cause they gon' they like to, they like the writing. They like the, the real, the well-written witty jokes and the callbacks and the, oh, that's funny. Black people don't give a damn what's funny. And so all black people, we all think we funny. We got a funny cousin, our mama funny, our grandmama funny. So when we perform for each other, it's a, you, he ain't even funny than my cousin. My cousin, I could be up there doing this. That's kind of how we look at comedy. Really? So that's what makes the pressure a little. A little have high. you had a comedian in your family? You said, do I have another? No, have you like have you been inspired by a comedian in your family? No, nah, I'm the first person to pursue stand-up in the family. So that's I'm right. technically the pioneer of the family. Although <laughs> my entire family could be comedians. All the really? way to my Man, everybody funny, man. My daughter's hilarious. Do you think so she'll become funny. a comedian? I don't know. We'll have to see what how how what what happens in life. 
if life life might push you to it never know it's no pressure on her to do it yeah never touches a microphone it's good for her maybe she'll avoid this sickness <laughs> so what when i when i speak to you highly engaging person very articulate and just straight away even over zoom i'm just so engaged of like every word you're saying how have you always been able to articulate yourself and be that engaging and have that sort of engaging personality or has that something that comedy sort of taught you through through the silences if you like nah i've always been this way yeah i've uh i've all yeah i've, I've come from a one of those families of like my mom's real outspoken and but the thing about my mom she didn't really have a lot of tact like she would just say what she had i don't care who get hurt sorry shouldn't be so sensitive my dad says what's on his mind but he's a little bit more tactful so i got a little bit of both yeah. right and so I've always been comfortable talking to people. I've been a part of sports teams and stuff growing up. So that helps, you know, being able to have a floor to be open and learn how to communicate and lead people and all of that stuff. So that always played a part, man, to getting me where I am. I used to host talent shows and stuff and perform in them when I was a kid. So I've always been, been comfortable. Refereeing, that's what's going to get me scared. Yeah, that's such a that's so crazy because what's funny is when you said to me you'd rather do stand up, I'm like, I don't I think I'd take the referee and I think I'd take but like and this this video that went viral, that was one on Comedy Central, wasn't it? That was the um the crackhead the crackhead salesman one. Was it was that the one? What's so crazy, bro? That aired in 2016, bro. No way. That's how old that video is, man. I don't even, I don't even do that joke no more. I don't even do that material no more. Do you know the bit that got me about the joke was when you said the apple's got a bite out of. Hey <laughs> <laughs> man, I tell. That, I was laughing already, but that that bit. I, I tell my it. class, man, keep a notebook in your bathroom because you will be surprised at what you think about when you are in the shower or washing your dishes or your hands or somewhere. And I was literally in the shower. I already had the setup and the old punchline was just, it, it was terrible. It was just simple. Like, yeah, crackhead sold me the computer and now I got a MacBook for sale. So I'm trying to double up the profit. <laughs> and one day I've been in the shower and it just hit me. I was like, Apple, I was like, what did the crackhead say? I took a bite out of Apple. That's why I'm giving you a discount. I go to an open mic that night. I said, I'm talking about people getting up out of their chairs running. What's funny about that Comedy Central taping, I actually messed the joke up and it made it work better. So if you were really to see like the uncut version of that full set, we did like 10 minutes. If you were to see a full set, you will see my reaction go, because I had never seen the joke work that good because me actually messing it up made it hit harder, which was funny because my buddy, right when that clip starts, you see some guys in the crowd. That's one of my comedy writing partners. And he saw it and he said it the same thing. He was like, damn, you messed the joke up and it made it work. So Does that it's happen often? Like, huh? Does that happen often? Heck yeah. <laughs> 
heck yeah, man, it's hard to. And it's a blessing in messing jokes up because sometimes you can you don't want to sound scripted. You don't want to be up there sounding like you rehearsed this in the mirror a thousand times before the show. You want to kind of be flexible with the joke. How I do my comedy, I think I got a good idea of what to say to make you laugh. So I might take my time kind of getting around that corner. I might step over an extra little hole. I might talk a little bit more just to kind of see if I can squeeze something else because I know I got this knockout punch. Mm. The problem comes when I try to squeeze up here and I throw the knockout punch and they go, is that all you got? That's when the problem come in. So, AKA bombing. <laughs> so, yeah. That's last so night. I had knockout punches, but uh, only a few. I had to throw in some of my old tried and true ones to let them know, like, okay, this guy does comedy. He's just having a rough night. He's missing free throws tonight. It's all good. You'll catch him next time. He'll be yeah. he'll be thirty for thirty five from the floor. Is is that your mindset as well? Do you do you just go oh, just just miss the free throw, move on, let's try again? Because there's no universal jokes, man. It's no universal jokes that's gonna make everybody laugh. Look at, yeah. look at my, look at the analytics. I wish we could screenshot the analytics of my video. It's had last time I checked, three hundred thousand views, thirty thousand likes. So it's a whole bunch of people that saw it. It was like, this is trash. Go through the comments. Here's some people. This is a, this is a joke. Stupid. This. Hey man, you're never gonna please all. everyone. That's y'all opinion. If I tried to please everyone, my girlfriend is a new comic. She's been doing comic like comedy like a year, bless her heart. And she was like, I'm just trying to make everybody happy. I looked up, I was like, you're never going to make it. <laughs> you never going to make it. But it's the that. same with everything. It's the same. And, and this is why I see such, everything that you said today, Plug, I've seen such a, a like um, a connection with entrepreneurship is unbelievable do you see how like related they it's the same hustle isn't it it's, it's the same, same. you're not gonna I make it unhappy i don't have a physical product yeah. i am the product that's yeah. the difference yeah and Good like that and and that's it i think like what what i'm sort of taking from you is like you're not gonna please everyone and you're gonna bomb sometimes like you're gonna like you're gonna miss dreadfully like sometimes you're gonna give it your best shot and you're still gonna you're still going to miss. And then what you said about, I, I can't help but feel like how you developed your character over a certain period of time. Like you haven't just become a viral comedian overnight. This has been years of developing your style, your, the way that you articulate the jokes, the way that you've adapted to the audience. It's exciting. Yeah. The exciting thing about it is because, okay, now with the digital age, you got these viral, you got these internet sensations. So you got a guy might make a bunch of, get a bunch of views off of some funny skits that he got. So what happens is the comedy clubs reach out to him because he got two million people following him. So wh why wouldn't he be able to sell 190 seats in Greenville, South Carolina? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So they reach out to him. They say, hey, we got 20000 for you to come do a weekend. Who's that humble to be like, hey, man, I really don't do comedy, 
Um, I just made some videos, so I appreciate it, you know, but nah, I ain't guys, I'm not a comic. They gonna take it. And so what happens, they go, they pack the place out and they bomb bad. And they have to put real comics on the show to fit to actually at least save the show and have yeah, yeah. go, okay, at least we got to laugh a little bit. So the blessing for me. People think this is just a viral, out of nowhere, overnight sensation. No, this started in 2010, June 23rd. I've been doing this for a minute. So now when you come out to see me, I got 45 minutes of comedy for you. I got an hour of comedy. I got an hour and a half of comedy for you. So that's the blessing for me. It's like everybody's inboxing me, congratulating me, like about time. I'm like, no, nah, it's not about time. Something was going on in my personal life to where I wasn't open to where I needed to be headed. So it's perfect timing in my opinion so yeah I'll i got another video i got a video from the same set that i'm waiting to drop because this one just keeps going up dude i got 600 followers yesterday on instagram my, my girl was like 600 i was like yo i'm about to hit thirty thousand. i'm about to hit 31 i think i'm gonna hit it before the day so it's a blessing man i'm just making sure i got everything together and I think that's that's the message, isn't it? This, as you said, you're not an overnight success. You're getting the result now that you've been working with since June the twenty third, two thousand and ten, and you've been missing shots. You've been keep on going. You haven't stopped. You've stuck to your guns, and you continue doing what you feel you're meant to be doing, and the results are coming. And I think that is such an important message for every single person to walk this planet. You got to plant seeds. It's picture entrepreneurship yeah. is like taking a bunch of it's like going to the local store that sells seeds for trees and you just scoop a bunch of them and you mm -hmm. go in your backyard and you just start throwing them out you don't know how fast something is going to grow you might be in the backyard for three years like where the what kind of seeds did i buy but it's been raining. I got sunshine. And then three years later, you might be ready to give up on them seeds, excavate the whole backyard and build a pool. But then one night you go out there and you see a lemon tree just started. Then the next morning you walking up, you got some okra. Day after that, you wake up, you got cabbage, you got pineapple. It's like, when the hell did I plant some pineapple? That's entrepreneurship. But you said something which which is really like relate like resonated with me, which was but you're prepared to do 45 minutes of comedy. So even though your tree didn't go straight away, even though the lemon tree didn't happen straight away, when it's, when it, when it was ready to come, you're prepared for it. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of perseverance, missing shots and carrying going. Yeah. And so plug, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up, but what's your, what, what, what do you want to close on? Like, what's the message that you want to leave people that you leave people with oh man stick it out through the nose stay true to who you are and don't be nobody um, and you gotta realize man the money will come it'll come it'll come it'll come don't quit your day job though <laughs> <laughs> just in case just, just in case don't also but don't do anything that's gonna take away if you got a job to where you come home and i don't care if you're telling jokes you're inspired to be a real estate. I don't care what you're doing. If you take a, if you have a job that takes so much out of you to where you can't work on your goals when you get home, find another job. I don't yeah. give a damn how much they pay you because you will never get there.
Well, you're selling your dream, aren't you? Like that, you're yeah. selling your dream from a paycheck Absolutely. if you do that. Every time you punch that clock, bing, yeah. you are essentially selling your dream to that person, that CEO of that company is buying your dream. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Plug, I want to see you in London. Like, I oh, I'm coming. You. I want to see you in London. Hey, man, I'm about to run another ad. When I drop my other video, I'm going to run another ad on y'all's area with this crackhead joke. And I'm going to put some money behind it, and I'm just going to target the UK. I met some guys, man, from the – I was in the DR a couple of weeks ago. Met some cool cats from London, man. We inboxed each other and stuff, so I'm going to find out where they are. I'm going to target their whole spot. Yeah, please Coming. do. I, I want to see you. And, bro, I'll buy the ticket. I'll bring some people, man. I, I want to see you in London big time. But um, just for the people that – will travel <laughs> yeah exactly that's yeah exactly i want to see i want to see you in london using that password get get over here man but where can people find you on social media man i keep it simple for everybody man i'm plug chapman on everything man plug chapman uh my and website plug chapman comedy i wrote a book y'all should check it out i'm related to a very famous rapper and uh it's an interesting story so i go into detail about our relationship and stuff so yeah. yeah who's the rapper just for them to uh ti man y'all a big ti y'all got ti fan yeah, over yeah, yeah 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 man. Man. yeah that's my mom's second no that's my mom's younger brother obviously but no he the oldest yeah so that's my uncle man so interesting story so if you want to check that out please get you a copy off my website plug chapmancomedy.com yeah, appreciate man. you man i appreciate you i, I appreciate the invite no nah, it's a pleasure man thank you like seriously thank you man it's been as i said i've needed it i needed i needed the laughs today i needed the smile look your energy bro is so wicked and um yeah for those that are, those that are here don't go and follow plug chapman on what is it instagram tiktok twitter facebook everywhere yeah yeah, pretty much, yeah. man. I'm not really a TikToker. Uh, I just deleted my Twitter because I've had the same followers since 2009. But Facebook, Instagram, I'm active. Plug Chapman. All right, there we go. And those that are still here, subscribe to the channel. Go follow Plug. But for now, we'll see you in two weeks. Let's go. God bless. Later, bro.